Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Welcome along to Pod Jocks. This is our new podcast recorded from the US of A. We've changed our, our style and our attitude. We're now the Pod Jocks. You got to call us that from now on or fucking perish. Yeah, we we pod hard, we pod long, we pod, pod till large. we sweat, we pod till we sweat till we sweat from our pods. This is more what this ain't so much a podcast as a broadcast. You catch my yeah. drift, homeboy. And if occasionally we talk about stuff that's like uh, slightly fascist, well then that's just how it is. You just gotta roll with it. You should all know that I've got a gun while I'm recording this, and I'm stroking <laughs> it hard. <laughs> That's enough of that. Yeah. This is top right. flight time machine. Yeah. Um, what's today? It's the uh, deep delve into the uh, mailbag episode. Yeah. I've got one here I'd like to start off with, with uh, from Alex Watson. Mm. Sam, the other day you mentioned how much you enjoyed the name Marvellous Nakamba, who is joining the yes, Premier League. I did say that, yeah. Um, Alex says, if you like Marvellous Nakamba, it's well worth having a quick look through the rest of the Zimbabwe national squad. And he's provided oh, a link. And right. I have had a look. Uh, here, here's some for you. We've got Knowledge Musona. We've got... Um, knowledge. Knowledge. Great. Knowledge Musona. We've got Teenage Hadibi. Mm. Uh, talent Chawipuawa. Mm. Um, Admiral Musquay. <laughs> uh, we've got... <laughs> where is it? Rodwell... Chin Yenge, who I guess is named after Jack Rodwell. Uh, we've got Elvis Chipazese. Hmm. We've got in a way, Deva- I think this would be quite good for a game, which would be Zimbabwe footballer or Daisy Age hip hop artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Especially uh, the one co- called Knowledge. You can imagine like a minor member of the Jungle Brothers being called Knowledge. Yeah, a couple more. We've got Divine Lunga. Uh, we've got uh, Way in Cuba mm. and Liberty Chakaroma and Honest Moyo we'll end it with that one Honest Moyo Honest yeah that's nice he's a defender lovely this stuff this is great Zimbabwe used to be a bit of a uh, player on the international football scene and it's a shame they're not anymore with names like that isn't it yeah, it's probably because Robert Mugabe starved most of the population, though. Mm. That could be why they're not quite as good in the sporting arena as they used to be. Yeah, he sort of undermined their efforts in that respect. Yeah. He is one from Alex Whitecross. He says, apologies for the length of this, but stick with me. Well, Alex, I'll miss massive chunks of it out so that it's more palatable. Uh, it's basically about a bullshit merchant called Gareth, or Gaz, as he liked to be known, 
uh, Alex says, typically it was mostly juvenile shite we'd long since grown out of, crocodiles in sewers, etc. But he was still peddling it at 16 to 17 years of age. One of his best stories came when they were 14 or 15 and Sir Gareth Bullshit uh, had an older brother and they'd gone underage drinking in the local um, in Rill, North Wales. Uh, now, Sir, Gar- Sir Gareth Bullshit and his brother were sat in the local when suddenly the windows smashed and every fucker in there ran for the hills, hiding in the toilets, diving under tables. Not 14-year-old Gaz and his brother, though. As the pubs filled with smoke, because the smashing was actually smoke bombs being tossed into the pub windows, Monsieur Bullshit and his brother marched to the door and found out exactly who was causing the commotion. Do you know who was causing the commotion, Sam? Who? Ninjas. It was ninjas. Of course it fucking was. <laughs> Some ninjas had appeared, fully garbed in ninja masks and showing off their top-notch martial arts skills, having tossed some smoke bombs through the windows of a random pub in Rill. Why, we'll never know. Maybe the pork scratchies were too expensive. With everyone inside shitting themselves and the pub definitely being on the verge of being royally fucked up by some ninjas, Gaz and his brother took it upon themselves to act as the last line of defence. Faced with a horde of ninjas and just the two of them to fight off to defend the pub, Gaz and his brother, with their extensive MMA and cage fighting experience, fought every (laughs) single one of them off, sending them scurrying over the dilapidated hotel rooftops to safety in their homeland, China. There we are. <laughs> Go on, get back to China. Fuck off to China. CTFN, dickheads. There we are. Nice one. Fucking bunch of ninjas came in here the other night. I just got the fucking pork you saw them off. Back to China soon enough. Back to enough. China they went. Yeah. They were, they were a flight due half an hour later, so it was good timing for them. <laughs> Real airport. My, uh, my mate, Mike, I remember him telling me that in, he grew up in a village near Macclesfield. And he, he had loads of good sort of growing up in a northern village stories. One of them was that he, uh, well, the one the one that remind that that remind me of is that there was a, a local lad um, or like young adult in his town who made the local paper because he dressed up as a ninja and went out under the cloak of darkness and right. sort of tried to make himself a Batman type local vigilante fighting crime, yeah. right? But obviously, he wasn't a real ninja, and there wasn't no. much real crime going on. Like, there wasn't a, an equivalent of the Joker <laughs> in this village, right? Or Penguin or any of the others. So, apparently, the main thing he did was he'd identify groups of youths, underage youths, smoking. Like, so kids who appeared to be under 16 smoking bags. And he'd yeah. suddenly jump out on them and literally pull the cigarette out of their mouths and then just fucking jump away. Because <laughs> he Fight thought ninja. that, you know, I suppose it is a crime and he was doing a little bit for um, for yeah, public health. I suppose it's kind of all about him though. So that's another Mike, category you sh- we could have. Have you, have you ever been um, a self-appointed vigilante or superhero <laughs> in your village or town? Or do you know one? <laughs> did your local area have a vigilante yeah um if so get in touch and even better if you were that vigilante <laughs> tell us the best crimes you have foiled uh he also mike also used to play mad max by tying with string a boomerang to his calf and then he got a scramble a motorbike when he was about 16 Oh. And he'd just he'd just scramble it around fields, 
and then like pull out the boomerang and lob it at things <laughs> whilst whilst motorbiking. Sounds brilliant. He regaled um, me with these stories. I worked with him on a magazine. He used to regale me with these stories. It sounded so much more fun. Yeah. Than growing up in the suburbs of London. And he was all um, proud of all of this as well, obviously. Oh yeah, big star, yeah. yeah. Quite right. It's uh, it, that that self-appointed ninja fucking vigilante thing ties in with our previous category, drop the shit, it's time to admit, which yeah. we need more of. If you want to get something off your chest from yeah. your younger years or just something that's really been burning away at your soul, nothing too bad, you know, no. but something that's been eating away at you, drop the shit, it's time to admit, that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah, we've had some good one of those. That's just another topic that we let... Um that we let get away from us. Yesterday we were talking about um, good phrases to use when diffusing hooliganism. With a new season <laughs> yeah. upon us, it's very good to have always keep an eye out. Although mm. the what what I think Nash, what, what Thatcher once called the national disease of soccer hooliganism is thankfully not as prevalent as it was when you and I were young lads. Yeah, you still see it, and we saw some horrible footage yesterday on the London Underground. And so we just want people to be ready in case they do encounter a hooliganism mm. in the new season about good ways to diffuse the situation. Yes. Someone someone we, uh, used the phrase, stop all that skylarking <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, I love that. Uh, which we were quite taken with. And one of the counters has been in touch Swarthino's been in touch because uh, I didn't know where the phrase came from. He said, Larkin derives from Skylark and alludes to the well-known aerial acrobatics of the European Skylark. Okay. Thanks for that, Swarthino, you fucking nerd. <laughs> That's definitely enhanced the feature. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, there's all, this, there's all this people talking about terrible hooliganism and it, it was unpleasant to watch, but it was at the end of the day, some middle-aged handbags. Yeah, wasn't it? No one was tooled. It up. was. It wasn't hooliganism. It was no. some drunk men, like yeah. throwing some punches. It, old enough mis, to know better. Misaimed punches. I mean, very few of them yeah. landed. There was just drunken fools. I mean, you know, you, there's was, always going to be idiots, was, isn't there? This was pre-match as well. This wasn't even after the game. This was pre-match. Pre-match. The tweet went out oh, at twenty no. past three in the afternoon. Yeah, so it must have been pre-match on their way to the game. Pathetic. Oh, well, too bad I wasn't there to diffuse it, which I would have done expertly with just a few gentle words. Uh, someone Little- sent us a nice... I don't know if we've had this before, but whether we have or haven't, I don't care. I'm going to read it if out. I, if I recognise it, I'll tell you. Okay. it's uh, Someone just shared with us a tweet from the 442 account, which is an extract from Gabriel Heinz's uh, autobiography. It's just got a lovely Roy Keane encounter in it. <laughs> I'm sure we've heard about their confrontations before, but John Fuster forward brought this to our attention. Um, the the the, entry, the passage goes like this: We lost against Middlesbrough, and Keane entered after me in the locker room. I heard him <laughs> tell me to fuck off, so I approached him and I answered, "Fuck off, you." I don't remember what happened next. When I woke up, I was on the floor. <laughs> Fuck off, you. That, that is a great <laughs> confrontation between a this and that and Roy Keane. Not yeah. for the first time. Hey, you, Heinzer, fuck off. No, fuck <laughs> off, you. Bang. <laughs> when we're talking about um, regular characters on the podcast, I was watching Bristol City versus Leeds Saturday evening. Mm. 
or might have been Sunday, yeah, Sunday afternoon. And um, the commentator mentioned um, Bielsa's favourite hobby. And I don't know if we've touched upon this before or not. Apparently, his favourite hobby is to go running at 2 a.m. Oh. While, while listening to um, a recording, a, mi- a, a mixtape, if you like, of all of the known tactical formations in football. <laughs> I mean, what does he mean, all of the known tactical formations? Know, That's just the a list of numbers. Said, I, so just I a voice if, saying, 442, 433, uh, 352. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Perhaps it reads out the formation and then tells you the positions that makes up that formation. You know what I mean? Left wing doesn't back. Feel, centre back. Doesn't feel centre back. like an audio sort of medium or a medium best suited to listening. I don't know. Maybe it's a kind of a Paul McKenna kind of thing where you just listen to it again and again and it just gets inside your head and you stop smoking. Hypnotherapy. Yeah. Hypnotherapy sort of thing. Yeah. You can um, learn tactics with me, Paul McKenna. Something like that, yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, he said he, he does that and apparently the, the commentator says there are apparently 22 known tactical systems in football. 22? Yeah. It's a it's similar to that thing where they, apparently there's only seven plots in drama. There's only seven different plots. Did you know I that? I know that, but I don't know about this different footballing tactics. I mean, says who? Probably that on one Sky of those Sports. Commentator on the Sky Sports. The commentator mm. on Sky Sports, who I would imagine is an authority figure. So, Yeah, believe anyway. me, I've been around the game long enough to know how many Here's formations there it's are. For and I'll tell you now, there's 12. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's an email from Andy Hall week on the coins in Devon he says uh, just finishing off a week in Devon with the wife and kids lovely little beach didn't realise it was situated next to a military firing range so all day and some of the night was punctuated by machine guns going off grenades and general artillery being offloaded that sounds brilliant that sounds like a marvellous holiday extreme coining well, yeah, it's That's not really related coining. to the coining, but you've got soundtracked by the sound of uh, machine guns going off. Yeah, he said, a successful time was had on the coins. I got a rubber in the shape of a Sony Walkman. Ooh, I like Ooh, the sound of that. that's great. Isn't it? And some WWF stickers, World Wildlife Fund. Um, one night, my youngest pissed herself, which was unfortunate, leaving a puddle by the machine. <laughs> that can happen. You can get so engrossed in the coins that <laughs> yeah, you can't, I mean, you know, you can't go to the exactly. toilet. Some you of just, us, some of us, you just will go take, where you stand. You know, we'll, I'm not leaving. I am yeah. not leaving the fucking coining machine while I've still got a chance of winning, <laughs> like a rubber duck in military uniform. Right? I'm not going to let some other fucker stroll up and win my duck with their first yeah. set of coins. No way. I'll happily. I, I don't blame your daughter. I'll happily stand there and piss as long as it takes. Yeah, uh, unf- uh, leaving a puddle by the machine. By the time I found someone to tell them the news, there was already someone standing in the puddle in their flip-flops. Not to worry, though, he was wearing a Queen T-shirt. Um, I, and he's put in brackets by, by uh, other name for Queen, Sparks for Cunts. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I also slipped by some rock pools and had to be helped down by an elderly lady. My kids found this hilarious. Cheers, Andy, Bristol IFS mm. Division. Good, event-filled week, that. Brilliant. Great. Sounds like a cracking holiday. Yeah. Um, I've had a tweet to from someone called JJ O'Flaxa. <laughs> right. And, and it says this. Is it by design or accident that you speak to the hooch generation and let them know the all is okay in the world? 
I sometimes think people born between 72 and 76 are the great survivors in life. Well, unpick that right. one, Andy. Uh, first of all, that means that's me, age 47, through to people who are about 43. Yeah, so um, about, that's why he's saying it. That's what I he's calling the hooch generation. I, well, I've never drank hooch at any point. Um, you're, yeah. you're in that generation as well, aren't you? Yeah. Did you drink hooch? I've had hooch in in the. I mean, he's talking about the the glory, the golden era mm. for men of our age, the mid nineties. Year of ninety six. In that era, hooch <laughs> was along, really yeah. popular. Briefly, now whether you drank it or not, and I wasn't a regular hooch drinker, although people did used to get, and I had it from time to time, double vodka with hooch. So the mix is booze, right? Yeah. But. Anyway, that aside, I wasn't a regular hooch drinker. I get where he's coming from. He's referring to the era that I have regularly declared as the greatest era ever, the era 94 through 96. Yeah. 97, things turned a little bit weird again, culturally. So he's saying that. I mean, I, I, I mean if he thinks that I, we're helping... The, those people, then we're happy to yeah. do so, but we're not doing it on purpose. That's not what our aim is. No, no, we're just reflecting ourselves and who we are. We're just and, reflecting and on our own that. lives. Uh, do we think that people of our generation are, as he puts it, the great survivors in life? No, I think we've had it really easy. I don't yeah. think we've had What have we survived? <laughs> Nothing. Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. I remember what the, what the biggest opportunity I ever turned down was when I was about 23, and I was still working in our price. And I made the decision not to save up a deposit to buy a house. And I could have had a house in Sunderland, a decent one, for £25,000 in 1995. Yeah. And I didn't do it. I would have got on the property ladder then. I'd be a millionaire by now, probably. Well, you made the decision. You say you made the decision. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, well, I, I made the decision not to save money up to, for a deposit for a house. Was that, instead, I mean, I, made, but, I suppose I made the decision not to save any money up. Yeah. But it wasn't a conscious decision. I didn't sit down and think, right, I've got this money coming in. Shall yeah. I save it? No, I have decided I will not save it. I just got the money in and then I spent it. And then yeah. I carried on doing that. Yeah, but there was a I conscious mean, in- decision with me because one or two friends actually did that and saved money and bought a house for yeah. next to nothing. And you were like, fuck that. 
I mean, I don't know how much a house in London would have cost in 1995. Probably millions. Yeah, probably even back then. Yeah, and getting back to hooch, I never drank hooch, but we did used to drink turbo shandies, which yeah. was a combination of Stella and uh, Smirnoff Ice. Ooh. Right. Yeah, that's brutal. fucking. That's really. That is really hardcore. That's when we were in, uh, we we went interrailing. I've probably talked about my interrailing experiences before. But we went interrailing and we we basically, it was supposed to be going to all different places, but really we just really quickly went to the Costa Brava. We had one stop off in France on the way. <laughs> interrailing so to the Costa Brava. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't really interrailing. We'd bought the tickets, moody tickets, off of a bloke called Rocky in the local snooker club who had a mate <laughs> who worked on the trains, right? Right. And he gave us these tickets and they were the sort of like carbon style tickets that got printed out and should have had actual print from a typewriter on them but had right. just been filled in in biro and they literally said something like <laughs> one round euro ticket <laughs> <laughs> to but the we moon and beyond for like we bought yeah exactly go where you want round europe and that for a month we bought them for about i don't know cheap hundred quid or something and they're supposed to be good anywhere in Europe for a month, but we came unstuck. I mean, you know, so we were like, oh, yeah, we'll go to all these places. We'll just take our tents and go wherever the fuck we want. But really what we did was we just got on a fucking train, got a ferry over to France, got on a train, and just fucking kept going south until we hit the Costa Brava and then stayed there for practically the whole two weeks, apart from on the way back, stopping in Amsterdam for two, two days. Oh. <laughs> so you kept going south till you ran out of continent. <laughs> Yeah, we ran out of continent, stayed on a beach in the Costa Brava, and then eventually went back north, went to Amsterdam for a couple of days, went home. This is when I was 17, I think. And um, the, but yeah, we, when we got to the Costa Brava, obviously the first thing we did was just seek out the first English pub that we could. Mm. Uh, it was called Ricky's Bar in a town called Blanes. Any cunters know that? Get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky was a big Cockney man who supported Tottenham. And he said, right, as soon as we walked in, he went, yeah, right, lads. And I said, can we have a go? Don't worry what you're having. I've already decided for five cunts like you. Purple <laughs> bastards all round. Didn't give us a choice. <laughs> because we were quite callow. I was like, oh, all right, then. Whatever you say, Mr. Ricky. <laughs> And it was it was a it was like a snake bite and black, so half cider, half lager with black currant, but a double vodka in it as well. Fucking hell! Are you yeah. our new dad, Ricky? Yeah, and that's all. It's fucking drink it's, this, drink that, cunt. <laughs> he also he just told us what to do. I think that's why we stayed because he's like, yeah. We're on an interrailing journey. We're also going to go to Portugal and France. And it, ah, no, you're not, cunts. Goes, with me. Also, what's all this? Tents. Uh, tents are for cunts. I'll put you up in a gap I got round the corner, which he did. He made us move off of the campsite where we'd been for like two nights and stuck us all in some sort of... He was a slum landlord. And he sort of... He forced us to go into some flop house with all like 
mattresses on the floor and stuff. He goes, this will be much better for lads like you. You can get birds back here, a nice warm room over your head. You're not getting any birds back to a campsite, are you, you dark bastards? <laughs> no, I suppose you're right, Ricky. How much do you want? Well, I'll tell you what. Just give me all your travellers' checks and I'll work out how many I need. <laughs> well, Let me know when you want to cash some. <laughs> uh, it's safer if you put all of my, your travellers' checks behind the bar at my place. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, I'll set up a tab for you, for the purple bastards and for the accommodation. It was a bit like that. <laughs> Are travellers' checks still a thing? I don't know. They were then. They were oh, then. yeah, definitely. I, I went round Europe with a bunch of travellers' checks in a bum bag, a money belt. <laughs> And I wore the money belt under my top all the time, even when it was really hot, because my mum had told me to. Because, like, you know, when you go to your mum when you're 17, mum, I'm going to you tomorrow, I'm going to Europe for a month yeah. with some mates, some of whom you don't know. Where did you get that ticket from? Oh, it's all right. We got it cheap off a bloke called Rocky in the snooker club who's got yeah. a mate who works on the trains. She's <laughs> going to be worried. Mm. So she said to me, two bits of advice. Make sure you take traveller's checks. <laughs> and secondly, put them in a money belt. I've got one upstairs somewhere and always wear it under your top. <laughs> but mum, what if I ain't wearing a top? It's dead hot in Spain, apparently. <laughs> Keep your top well, on. You better keep your top on, especially your fucking pasty skin. You burn like a lobster. No bird's going to get off with you then. Leave your top on and leave your checks in your money belt. And ring me every day. <laughs> and always put plenty of paper down first. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have a number two, but you might not, because you know how you get on foreign food. It could bunk work. Well, could go either way. You're not allowed to flush the toilet paper down the toilet over there. Fucking ignore that. <laughs> do what you do at home. Those dirty Spanish rotters will have you putting it in your pockets and carrying it around with you. Put it's your the money law. belt. <laughs> so, fuck that. Flush it. Flush it and run. <laughs> Flush it and run before the flooding starts before anyone can pin it on you. I like how you. I like how that trip started with Rocky and ended in Ricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly From one end right. of the continent to the other. Yeah, we were effectively kidnapped by Ricky, yeah. and he de- he didn't us, and we just stayed there for two weeks, and then eventually we got away, went to Amsterdam, and I had an epileptic fit in a coffee mm. shop, ripped right. my mate's hair out of his head. I told you that Jesus, one before. Jesus, yeah, yeah, You're yeah. Off. It was an unpleasant end to the whole thing. Maybe one didn't day didn't go into railing again. Maybe one day, me and you'd open a bar. At- at the Costa Brava and we'll do podcasts from there and then oh. just kidnap young people for the rest of the time. The Take diss the and that. Yeah. We'll call it the diss and that. And Maybe it'll be the most towards. wonderful British pub you've ever been in. It'll have yeah. St. Clements of all different varieties. Right? <laughs> Turbo Shandies. It'll have, we'll have loads of different coin-in machines of different themes. Of all our favorite, There'll be an Alvita Zane pet one. Yeah. There'll be a Dick Turpin one, obviously. Yeah. We'll have a, dig- uh, a digging area for the kiddies. Yeah. <laughs> um, Len's worked out a new game called Ratings. And what it is, is <laughs> it's just you name a thing and then have to rate it out of 10. <laughs> yes. Where- <laughs> yes. 
This is no the future is of this podcast. No is shit and Ted is brilliant, right? Right. We were on our way back from West Ham and he announced this game to pass the time. It's quite a long train yeah. journey. And my phone had run out of batteries. He went, right, let's play <laughs> ratings. child instead. Yeah. He said, we're, we're going to play ratings. I said, what's that? He said, well, you just name a thing, anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, 10's great, Nought's the worst. And yeah. you've... Uh, and, uh, and he went, right, here's one we can agree on. West Ham. I said, seven. 10. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can both agree that's a seven, of course. <laughs> right. And then he goes, okay, name some others. So I've gone for a couple of other things. He's gone, uh, I've said, he's gone Millwall, 0.5. I said, they get a 0.5. He went, yeah, because there are some things worse than Millwall. I said, oh, Oh, interesting. I said, okay, Tottenham. He said, 0.7. I said, ah, interesting. Why do they get 0.2 more than Millwall? (laughs) He said, well, you know, because we know Spurs fans and my uncle, like my older brother's a Spurs fan. So he sort of out of respect for him gave him slightly. 0.2 for that. Yeah, he gave him 0.2 out of respect for his uncle. (laughs) Right. And then he went, I said, well, I'm fascinated to know what what a zero could be if Millwall and Tottenham are are are, are above zero. He went, I've got two straight off the bat. I said, what are they? And then I realised the whole game was a wind-up. He went, Aquafresh and Dick Turpin. And then he pissed himself (laughs) laughing. He's got your number. He's got you all ends up. He reckons the two worst things in the whole world are Aquafresh and Dick Turpin. What an absolute dickhead. Sam, he's living inside your head rent-free. <laughs> I know. He's got you. Now. He's well, fucking done me. He's absolutely it. done me. Listen, we're introducing ratings into this podcast. You, listeners, email, tweet us things, anything at all you want us to rate out of 10, and we'll rate the best ones <laughs> in future episodes. <laughs> ratings is a, it is a good ratings. game that could go years <laughs> can we quickly end with this email I've been dying to read out do you remember scratch card yeah. John he was the fella who won some yes. money on the scratch card gave a homeless yeah. guy 10 quid then became skint went back to the homeless guy to get his tenner back off him got punched in the face <laughs> right good. this is from I don't know if the fella's meant to be anonymous or not so I'll not see his name um, up, update on scratch card John Uh, John was recently pulled into a meeting with his manager. His behaviour around the building has raised a few eyebrows and the women in the canteen have complained about the way he stares at them as he eats his sandwiches. He'd been advised to look elsewhere as he was being investigated for gross misconduct offences that have not been disclosed to any employees. The day after the meeting, John came into work with his wife, who looked angry to say the least. We were later told his wife had come into work to confront the numerous females in the building who had accused John of inappropriate comments. One of the comments made by John was, you'd look pretty tied up. That's not <laughs> oh very nice, God. is it? Yeah, that's not that's very horrible. nice. This was just John's humour, apparently, and it mm. wasn't taken too well by the 68-year-old woman who served up soup in the canteen, to which right. he delivered the comment. Uh, John has since found work at a cattle farm, and yesterday was his last day. As he left the office, myself and a few others said goodbye and wished him the best. John got to the door, turned to us and shouted, No surrender to the IRA! (laughs) And then left to never return again. (laughs) Well, it's sometimes hard saying goodbye. And we've all been in a situation where you you turn a new page 
you 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 turn into a new chapter of your life and you can't yeah. quite find the words that that sufficiently represent the poignancy of the moment but i think yeah. john's nailed it there They'll because the he's IRA. leaving one yeah. job he's going to another and if there's one truth that i suppose he and and a lot of his a lot of all of us can can believe in it is that yeah. you shouldn't i'm not just the ira but any terrorists you shouldn't really surrender yeah. to them should you because then uh yeah. ISIS, isis okay the um the Baden-Mannhof group is that yeah. what they're called yeah yeah the red hand brigade the red brigade in italy they were <laughs> tricky as fuck what i've done there is i've mixed up the red brigade and the red hand gang in yeah the red hand gang show. were awesome do you know what i always <laughs> thought there was um in the red hand gang there was there were mainly boys, but there was one girl, wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> and in the opening sequence, right, the Red Hand Gang would skateboard everywhere because they were super cool. They yeah. were like a good version of the Famous Five. You know, the Famous Five were all basically little cunts. Yeah. Posh and twats. the Red Hand Gang were the American version, so they were like cool. They were street. They were yeah. street. And in the opening sequence, they were skateboarding. <laughs> along the street wow on the way to the next adventure all on skateboards so cool but the girl was on a really shitty bike just cycling behind them oh, yeah. wait for me <laughs> I used to identify with that girl because I'd oh, always like think yeah. I'd always think that'd be like me because I can't skateboard I was thinking yeah. I'd be the fuck if I was in that gang I'd be the cunt fucking bringing up the straggling behind on a fucking bicycle what up grifter. lads what yeah. up lads don't fuck off without me. I'm part of the gang and all. It, it, it would be nice if they'd bring that back, the Red Hand Brigade. It's, it's the Red Hand Gang, but now they're terrorists. That will be interesting. Another topic. <laughs> another topic. Yeah. If you well, can... Going back to what we just said there, another topic is spectacular last leaving days at work. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to yeah. be something you've done. It could be something you've seen, but there's always someone who, who fucking goes out in a blaze of glory. When my mum, stories. my mum worked at RM Douglas's, the construction company, <laughs> and they were burgled twice during her tenure, and both times the burglar left a turd oh. on the desk of the same senior executive. Ah, oh, right. So it was <laughs> someone who's returning on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> Two burglaries, one year apart. Same turd. Was it the same turd? Yeah, because I believe a detective who was called to the scene dipped his finger into the turd and licked it once. <laughs> yep. Like a like a narcotics cop does and go, yeah. My God, it's the same guy. <laughs> it's pure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Horrible yeah. stuff. Spite never sleeps. Um <laughs> yeah, that's all we've got time for. So I think we've made some progress today. Send in yeah. your things you'd like us to rate in ratings. Uh, our new game ratings. Let's new game. He's going to want a cut for that, you know. He wants a cut for fucking everything. And he yeah. and he doesn't miss a trick. He's not in the house, though. But if he's ever in the house, wherever he is when I'm recording a podcast, he will casually, he'll leave it quite a long time, maybe a day, and then he'll casually slip something in that we've been mentioning on the podcast. And I'll go, how do you know about that? <laughs> Taps his nose oh. three times. Yeah. Here's a, here is how I'm going to end this podcast. You're not going to believe this. Perhaps the cunters won't believe it. But I'm going to send you a screen grab to prove it. Just as okay. I'm about to say goodbye, just as we're talking there, 
Yeah. You know when a text, we're FaceTiming each, each other and a text arrives on the screen and it partly yeah. obscures your forehead, Andy? Yeah. Listen to this, right? This is a big brag and I make no apologies for it. As we're just wrapping up there, a text drops over Andy Dawson's forehead. The text is from Steve Bruce. That's it. That's it. Steve Bruce? Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce just texted me and I'm not joking. I'm in a, I'm not gonna I'm not in a position to disclose why he is texting me, but in case you don't believe me, I'm gonna send you the text as evidence so you can then it, tell the cunters on the next episode that it's true. Okay, that'll do. For I mean, me. of That's... course, it doesn't mean anything because I could it could be any Steve Bruce or I could just put my mum's name as Steve Bruce yeah. in my contacts. So it's yeah. not really any evidence at all, is it? But whatever. It's a That's little story there. That's it for this episode. Then this has been the Red Head Brigade. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> no surrender to the IRA, motherfuckers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.